0: It's kind of cold. Oh, here. Take my jacket. I love you. God, we are such the... perfect couple. (laughs) I'm cold, too. Well, damn, Jackie. I can't control the weather.
1: co-founders in jobs 2013 why is that a trivia fact
0: I don't know I always hate that whenever they're like so-and-so had a red coat in this film they went on to portray Dr. Strange right in Marvel's Dr. Strange
1: they literally pick random facts and says oh this is a fact no
0: my favorite on the IMDb page for this movie is Spencer goes by the name Spence <laughs> and Jennifer goes by the name Jen.
1: Like there is no facts about this movie because there is nothing interesting about this movie.
0: It was all excerpts from quotes from interviews yeah. of people trying to convince themselves maybe that this movie was good.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, it's like, oh, in an interview, Ashton Kutcher said this about the film. No one cares. No one cares about this movie.
0: I feel like there were multiple entries that said that Katherine Heigl enjoyed working with the director.
1: And Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also how surprising it was that ashton kutcher could play a serious role
1: i know it was like they were trying to convince us that he was serious
0: yeah which i feel like he had done other roles okay let's take a look here
1: they said that he didn't, at least in the trivia. It said he had only played quirky, funny characters at this time.
0: He wasn't supposed to be serious in that movie The Guardian.
1: I don't know. If that's just literally what the trivia said, Nigel. I don't know. I don't know.
0: He wasn't supposed to. He definitely wasn't supposed to be serious in open season. What happens in Vegas? Personal effects. Was Butterfly Effect after this?
1: I don't know. Can't say.
0: Didn't watch it. I hate how they started doing this thing on IMDb where they label shows by the year that they ended now mm-hmm. instead of when they first aired. So like That's I saw confusing. 70 show on his list and I stopped there. Mm. But then I realized, oh wait, they're putting that in 2006 butterfly effect came out in 2004 uh killers
1: was 2010
0: yeah wow literally 70 show was his first role but they make it seem like he had
1: several more yeah. yeah
0: here's one that he's in with Freddie prince jr
1: well you know that's gonna be a good one
0: a young man wins and loses the first serious love of his life Al Connolly falls in love with the girl of his dreams. After the summer, she breaks up with him. As he tries to recover, Al goes to desperate measures. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., Julia Stiles. There's a lot of people in this And we should watch it, because it sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, look, there he is. stupid face. Anyways, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast where my wife and I watch a bad movie. And then we try to figure out just what the heck is going on. We stumble through the plot, and sometimes it goes really well, and sometimes it goes horrible. I'm your host, Nigel, from a ajourneyintofilm.com, and with me, as always, is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hello. Caitlin, what's going on?
1: <laughs> well, I watched a horrible movie last night. Yeah? Yes. It was... 0% enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that movie that we're talking about is the 2010 film Killers, starring Katherine Heigl, Ashton Kutcher, Catherine O'Hara, and Tom Selleck. It's a rom-com in the vein of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, kind of.
1: It's supposed to blend several genres. It's supposed to be an action movie and a romantic movie. And a comedy, all in one, says IMDb Trivia.
0: I want, who writes IMDb Trivia?
1: I don't know. They said they pulled that quote from an interview of the director, but.
0: Well, that's not surprising.
1: They did not accomplish that goal, I would say.
0: I would say that on the very basest level, did they accomplish that?
1: I mean, it was those things, yes. Was it good? No.
0: No. This definitely, Did they do
1: those things well? No.
0: They managed to do those things, but not well. I feel like we're also, we're, why are we talking so robotic? Like, <laughs> I think that this.
1: I'm just trying to imitate her when she went on the first date.
0: And she does the robot Spencer, voice. Yes. So I guess you can share some more thoughts.
1: Oh, it was... I mean, I don't have any more thoughts to share because there nothing was good in this movie. Nothing happened. Nothing. It was literally nothing. It was... The beginning took forever to start. And then it finally started. And it was cringeworthy, uncomfortable levels. And then it went on to the middle part. And then it ended so quickly. Like, the end.
0: Yeah, the ending felt like an afterthought. Like, oh, wait a minute. We can't just have them on the run forever from assassins. We have to end the movie. Let's
1: wrap this up. Clean it up, guys.
0: Yeah, clean it up. Yeah. And the surprises in this, you can see from several miles away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have nothing to say about this movie. End podcast. Roll credits.
0: I was going to say, this is going to be a very short podcast then. Yeah. If you have nothing to say. (laughs) Uh, I didn't hate this movie. It was boring, but at least it moved quickly. It was a lot. All of the deaths in this movie were very violent.
1: Yeah, but it was so glossed over because there was a laugh after every five seconds.
0: Yeah. You're supposed to find these deaths very funny. But they're also very horrible. Uh, One guy gets stabbed with rebar in a car accident. One lady explodes. One lady gets hit by a deer antler chandelier. chandelier. A couple people get shot multiple times after being in a car accident. I think that's it.
1: That one girl just gets shot.
0: Yeah. The The one girl gets shot and then the other girl gets shot but her what happens to her husband he like chokes him
1: no i'm pretty sure he just shoots him
0: yeah but he had the, he did the thing with the gun like around his neck
1: oh yeah he did
0: so he, so he choked like him broke his neck via choking mm-hmm. it was uh What do you even say about this movie? I
1: told you, I have nothing to say. It was bad.
0: (laughs) It's barely a movie, but it is a movie.
1: It took up an hour and a half of my time, so I guess it was a movie.
0: We watched something on the television set.
1: Yeah. Let's jump into it.
0: You want to jump into it?
1: Yeah, let's just get...
0: I feel like we have a lot more fun with the initial thoughts, but I guess... uh, This this... movie's
1: (laughs) over. There's nothing good to say. I think the only way to... There's no initial thoughts because nothing happened in this movie. So you can't have initial thoughts because you're like, oh, I guess I watched that. Yeah. So you just got to jump into the plot and you just got to start telling people about the plot so that they can understand that nothing happened.
0: There, There were like four things that happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. And most of them, most of the in-between parts involve people in cars. Yeah. Uh, cool. So the movie opens up on an airplane with Katherine Heigl, who plays Jen, and her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Kornfeld, played by Tom Selleck and Katherine O'Hara, and funny thing to note is that Katherine O'Hara's character is a mega drunk. And throughout the movie, her wine glasses gradually get bigger.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it was like, we have no background as to why she drinks. It's never brought up. It's just it's like... It's
0: just funny that she drinks <laughs> a lot. Just accept it.
1: Okay. Alcoholism is hilarious. It is.
0: It is. Because she's the mom type that's drunk all the time. Okay. It's funny. Haha. Uh. She, Kat, Jen has just gotten dumped by her boyfriend.
1: Because she's not adventurous enough.
0: Because she decided that, I don't know, really know how these two things connect necessarily, but she didn't want to go bungee jumping with him, mm-hmm. which I think is a fairly reasonable thing. Right. Although if you're dating someone who is into that, you might not be compatible. Right. Uh, but we don't know what the rest of their relationship was like. We so don't
1: even know who this guy was.
0: I think his name was Brian. Richard. Richard. It was Richard. I definitely thought he was going to show up at some point I in did movie, too, But he did not. He didn't. Uh, which is a trope that a lot of rom-coms do that this one did not. So I'll give it a point. I wish that everybody could see <laughs> the way that Caitlin was looking at me right now. Just incredulous and full of hatred for making her watch this movie. Yes. We also learned during this opening part that Jen has a no vomiting in public rule. Which I feel like is an unspoken rule that everybody has. (laughs) But hers is just very... um, She just feels the need to tell everybody about this role.
1: Well, I think the point of it was to make her seem like she's a very uptight, like, type A personality.
0: Yeah, which wasn't evident enough by the way her parents were talking. Um, Her parents were very interesting, you know, Tom Selleck, Catherine O'Hara. Very funny person, very straight-laced person. Uh, we also, But we find out from them in the scene that they once had sex in the car with their car seats on, or their seatbelts on.
1: I know. That was intriguing.
0: I was very impressed by that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was intriguing. Uh, let me paint you a picture of the parents. So you have the dad with the mustache and he is like did you hear what the safety exit is? It's exit 13D. Don't forget. Exit 13D. Very overprotective. Parent-y, you didn't I know. Parent style type like protectiveness. And then the mom's like, oh, you're never going to find a man because you're too picky. And um, then orders three Chardonnays. And the dad says, no, I don't. I've got to stay alert. I don't want anything to drink. And then the girl's like yeah i don't want anything either and the mom's like okay so just the three then (laughs) for herself it's implying so we got drunk mom overprotective dad this girl who is way too close to her parents and has a very unhealthy relationship with them
0: yeah that comes up later
1: and she is a type a personality everything has to go her way
0: correct Uh, So we get to, oh, the opening credits open up, and you feel like you're in Mission Impossible all of a sudden.
1: That was so long. I swear this was like five straight minutes of opening credits, and it was the most boring opening credits sequence I have ever sat through.
0: There were Shapes and Ashton Kutcher Shirtless. And words on the screen. And fast cars. And fast cars, but like not exciting fast cars. No,
1: just like a red Corvette driving around a mountain.
0: I think you're supposed to assume that the car is fast. Yeah. Because it's a Corvette. Right. Uh, Then we, they're checking into the hotel. Ashton Kutcher is there. Caitlin tells me at this point, I'm already bored. (laughs) We're barely 10 minutes into the movie. So we were in. For, <laughs> we buckled up because we were in for a treat. Uh, she the dad's upset because the daughter's room was put on a different floor and he's a big, strong American with a strong mustache and the puny little French guy. And the mom's all like, watch him, take him to town or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they fix that.
1: Well, while they're working on that, uh Jen decides, I'm going to go get on the elevator and go up to my room.
0: Well, she, uh, she, they get the rooms straightened out and then she goes up because she doesn't feel well. But the parents were going to go do parent things, probably something with seat belts.
1: Well, then the mom gave Jen Miralax because Je- Ma- That's what it was. Milox. Miralax is a different thing. Um, and so she's like, here, just take one of these. And I didn't really understand why she gave it to her. But Jen's like, whatever, you guys deal with this situation. I'm going to go up to my room. So she goes up in the elevator and she has a what? A mirror?
0: Maylocks.
1: Maylocks. I don't know. Something I'm assuming like, helps with your stomach, right?
0: But might be embarrassing. I don't, I don't...
1: I don't really know what Maalox is, I so I was very confused. Was this movie sponsored by Maalox? She has this giant bottle of Maalox. Like It's true. It is huge. Like, no one brings this much Maalox on vacation. I don't even know what Maalox is, but I know you don't bring this much on vacation. It's an antacid. So, she was feeling acid I I don't know. She has this huge thing. I... This is the stupidest scene in the movie. So she is.
0: This scene? (laughs) This is the stupidest (laughs) scene. Well, I thought it was really
1: dumb. It didn't make me laugh at all. As compared
0: to other scenes that are coming later.
1: I don't know. This one was annoying. So she's in the elevator with her Malax, and she pops one in her mouth, and apparently they're crunchy. I swear this movie was like sponsored by Malax.
0: It's like a Tums.
1: Okay. Well, I don't really. Whatever. Never had them. Either one. So can't tell you. So she's like chewing on one as she's holding the giant bottle, looking at it. Perfect product placement. And then Ashton Kutcher, shirtless, gets on the elevator.
0: With some scuba gear. With some
1: scuba gear. And he's like, hey, you going down, babe? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So,
0: but he asked her in French, he's speaking in French this whole time. Oh,
1: yeah, and she's that's right, and she's like, mm hmm, like she's pretending to know what he's saying. And that was
0: a spot on impression, <laughs> best impression you've done on this podcast to date.
1: And then she says, um, that she's going down, and he's like, Oh, you forgot to press the lobby button again in French, and she's like, <laughs> And then they go down, and then she gets out of the elevator, and he gets out of the elevator, and she is walking to the ocean area, pool area, and he is following her, and she keeps looking back and smiling, and he continues to follow her. And then he says, amazing, you seem more and more surprised every time you turn around, again in French. And she's like, "Huh." And then she's like,
0: I'm surprised you remembered this much of the dialogue <laughs> from the scene.
1: And then she's like, Oh, I don't speak French. And he was like, Okay. Well, nice pretending. And then he's like, Hey, you want to grab a drink? And this is where I call BS because, no, first of all, you have a girl in an elevator with a huge bottle of Mirror m- Malax. 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 Malax huge bottle of Maalox and she's like walking, keeps looking back at you and she's clearly not dressed for the pool. And that was another conversation they had. He's like, Hey, uh, she said, why are you following me? And he's like, I'm not following you. You stupid. I'm dressed for the pool. Clearly I'm going swimming. And he's like, why are you following me? And she's like, well, I could be going swimming too. as she's in like a full business attire. And he's like, oh yeah, are you? And she's like, no. And then he goes... (laughs) I hate this movie so much. And then he goes, hey, you want to get a drink? OK, no. BS right there. Because let me tell you, that's not how that works. People don't like follow people out of elevators. And they're like, hey, want to get a drink? <laughs> you creeper. No. No, no, no.
0: They do in France, apparently.
1: No. So they agree to get a drink at sunset, which is a very not specific time. They don't even. Oh, he does mention the place, though.
0: Let's back up a little bit. OK, there's a couple things that we need to pull apart from the scene. First of all, she's supposed to be this ultra careful individual. Yeah. And she just agrees to go get a drink with this guy right, right away.
1: Uh, BS.
0: Exactly. Second of all, Ashton Kutcher has the least convincing French accent ever. I mean, he's not even doing an accent. But even when he speaks French, I just hear his stupid voice. <laughs> and also, it is very difficult to take Ashton Kutcher seriously as an individual. In fact, I think halfway through this, I told you it's way funnier to imagine this movie as a continuation of what his character of his character after uh, that Seventy Show. Yeah. Because his his serious voice. Sounds so much like his pretending voice. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he says, I'll meet you at sunset at this place. Okay,
1: and who does that? What guy asks a girl out for a drink that has been like creepily staring at him?
0: An overly confident international assassin.
1: I just don't believe it, but fine, whatever. Yeah, whatever. so he
0: swims up to this boat and fights some people and puts this bomb on a helicopter.
1: Yes. And she runs around looking for a dress because she did not pack any sexy dresses.
0: And as further evidence of how uptight of an individual she is, all of her clothes, all of the (laughs) things in her suitcase are in those vacuum seal bags. Yes. The ones where you put your clothes in and use the vacuum to suck all the air out. So it's like flat as a pancake.
1: Right. So she buys this dress and her parents call her and they're like, She's like, oh, mom, dad, I'm sick. Sorry. And they're like, oh, bringing up some ginger ale and crackers. She's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Just leave me alone. I mean, I get why she didn't say she had a date because they're like super overbearing. But at the same time, like they also continuously tell her she's never going to get a man. So I feel like they'd be happy that she had a date. I don't know. Doesn't make sense.
0: I think she, in one of the few moments of defiance in this movie decided not to tell her parents everything that was happening in her life.
1: that was probably a smart life decision right there. So they meet up at this restaurant at sunset and she's sitting there with Ashton Kutcher and I forget exactly how this all plays out, but she does some weird robot voice where she's like, I am a dating robot. And then he laughs at her and is like, did you really just oh, do a robot voice?
0: He was like late or something, which how do you how are you late for the ambiguity of sunset? Right. And she pretended to be mad. And he said, oh, I brought champagne. And she said, good thing I don't like champagne. Yeah. And then he was like, he told him to send it back. And despite her saying "No, nearly no, no. seconds later, he still sends the champagne back.
1: Yeah, because she's like, no, 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 I was just kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. But the champagne still gets sent back, and she was like, it was a joke. I am a dating robot here to destroy your world or something like that. I don't know. Stupid. Okay.
0: It was also one of those things that if anyone ever did that on a first date, all of the red flags should go up. Uh,
1: Yeah. Like, that should be enough to be like, you know what? My best friend is really sick. I'm going to have to go
0: you know what, I have to go put a bomb on a helicopter <laughs> on BRB.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I did, yeah, that should have been enough to end that relationship.
0: Yeah. And then. Special, well, okay, let's clarify something. Uh, if a stranger on a first date did that. Right. That's a red flag. If right. you know the person and their sense of humor. Right.
1: That's different. Then maybe different.
0: this is a different conversation. Right. But this is a guy in a foreign country. Right. Who you've never met before. You literally just checked him out because he was going scuba diving. Right. And you think you're going to hook up with that.
1: And then her parents show up and she's like, and gets under the table real quick and Spencer follows and he's like, what's up? And she's like, you see that man over there with the perfectly good mustache or something like that? They always make comments about Tom Selleck's mustache
0: because that's what he was known for.
1: I know, like his entire He's life. whole that is sad life, anyway. <laughs> and she tells Spencer, Hey, you see that guy, right? And he is like, Yeah, with the perfect mustache, yeah. And she's like, Oh, he sat next to me on the plane and he is a Russian, Russian diplomat. diplomat pervert. And she was like, oh, he gets so grabby. And, like, why would you, like, why would you lie about that? That's your dad. That is your dad. And, like, yeah, maybe this is just a booty call or something. But on the off chance that it wasn't, why would you lie about that?
0: Yeah. I, there's no rhyme or reason for lying about that. This is the point in the movie when I started counting the lies towards each other, toward between nice. the two of them. Smart. Because I thought there's definitely going to be some... There's going to be some lies stacking up on top of yeah. each other. Uh, so
1: first date, she does a creepy robot voice. She uh, lies about who her parents are. These
0: are number one,
1: Ding. multiple red flags that should be very concerning to you as an individual.
0: Yeah. And why she doesn't just say, oh, that's my dad. I'm on vacation with them. Right. Please ignore them. I'm trying to hide. Right. Instead of whatever. I don't know.
1: Okay. So that was annoying. And so then for some reason they leave. I don't know if it's because our parents stayed there. I'm not really sure. He. They just get up and go to a bar.
0: Yeah. I think he sees the helicopter take off that he put the bomb on. And so he's like, you know what? Let's just get out of here. OK. He takes her to a club.
1: Which she was like surprisingly OK with for being so uptight. Yeah.
0: Which is very sketchy. Yeah. Like, oh, we're at this nice restaurant. You think I'm a respectable guy? Jk. Now I'm at this club.
1: Now I'm at the club and we be twerking.
0: Except there's no twerking. There's, there's no just twerking. A creepy yet. It's 2010 on her.
1: Yes. So they. He also
0: calls her a prostitute, which is kind of funny. That was not Spencer, the creepy guy.
1: So they're at this bar, and she's like, the rowing back, champagne, like, is her job, and she's like, I don't typically drink this much. Hey. She has annoying laugh through all of it, so that is my interpretation of it. I mean,
0: it's not too far off. And, I mean, how could you not just pound a few back with Ashton Kutcher?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: JK, but seriously.
1: So then he goes to the bathroom or something. Or no, he goes, he goes to, to get, get more drinks, drinks cuz she drank his. Because she's oh, oh because this is where he says something awkward for once. So she's wearing this dress and he makes a comment about how the dress looks really nice on her and she's like, "Oh, thank you." Um and then he was like, "Will you would look beautiful without the dress on?" And then he's like, "Oh, that's not what I mean. I just mean like you'd look good in anything basically." Is what he's trying to say but, but fails it miserably. Sounded like
0: he was taking taking her clothes off with his brain
1: yeah so then she like chugs his champagne and then he's like oh i'll go get us more drinks in the meantime she's like fixing her dress because it's it's super uncomfortable she's like moving her lady parts around
0: her boobies
1: (laughs) and then this guy's like okay okay i'll dance with you this is my French accent. i dance <laughs> That's not French. <laughs> he's like.
0: I don't even know if he was French. He looked. Uh, he's creepy. Something else.
1: He's like, I'll dance with you. You don't have to take your top off for me. And this is probably very offensive. And he's like. You know,
0: for not liking this movie, <laughs> you remember a lot of details about it.
1: I don't know why.
0: Like, this is almost spot on. <laughs> I feel like I'm rewatching it all over again.
1: And she's like, no, no, I I got to get back to my date. And Spencer sees this, and he's like, yo, hands off, Nunzio. And uh, Nunzio's this character in Boy Meets World who's also French, I think, but he works at a Mexican restaurant. I don't really understand. But anyway.
0: Does he really say that? Did I not catch that? Or are you just, like, adding your own I'm just flair? I'm adding
1: my own flair to it. And so he, Spencer... Elbows the guy in the face when uh, Jen's not looking, and they go off to Jen's hotel room.
0: Pause for a second. Because you missed lie number two,
1: <gasps> he tells her. Two. Oh, he's a consultant. That he's
0: a consultant, but then she opens up about her dad. So it's like one lie negating a truth. Or a truth negating a lie.
1: What does she say about her dad?
0: She told she told him she told Spencer who her dad who the the dad was that oh, he wasn't that the he Russian wasn't guy. really
1: because she's got so much alcohol in her at this point that she just starts telling the truth. She I just think. starts
0: spewing the truth.
1: Yeah. So then they go back to the hotel room and she's like. I think that's when she tells him about her dad, I thought, because then she goes into this whole long thing about like, oh, this dress is so tight. And then he's like, there's been one thing I've wanted to do oh, all be. night. And he rips the tag off the back of her dress and she goes.
0: <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he takes the tag off mm-hmm. the dress and she's, and then like, she's like, my dad will pay for my it.
1: My dad will pay for it. And then she tells him that her dad is the Russian diplomat, except he's not really Russian or a diplomat. She just made that up. Or is he? And she's like, mm. and then she's like, "Yo, take this dress off me now!"
0: And he pulls this? out the biggest knife yeah. since Crocodile Dundee.
1: Red flag number five. Uh, he pulled. Jump from
0: two to five. <laughs> I don't
1: know because I feel like there were other ones that I missed. But he takes out this giant knife because the zipper stuck, and he just cuts the dress off her. And that dress was not cheap. Oh, my gosh, that stressed me out. I don't care if you have a rich daddy. Like, you, no, no, no. That's an expensive dress. You don't just waste that on one night. So he cuts the dress off of her. She puts on a blanket, lays on the bed, and he tells her the truth about him being a spy.
0: And I thought my expectations were being subverted in this moment. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I don't have to keep track of the lies anymore. Right. Because he's saying everything to her.
1: But then he turns around. She's asleep, just like me, on any given night, as soon as you start a movie. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. So he tells her the truth, but for no reason. And then he basically says, while she's sleeping, I love you. I'm going to marry you. And I'm going mean, to show you he, niece tomorrow.
0: He says that he wants to continue to pursue a relationship with her in more or less words.
1: It was pretty creepy.
0: It was Thank a goodness creepy. she was
1: asleep for that.
0: Um, then they go through this montage of montage. romantic scenes. Because we need to believe that they are a real couple. And that their whole relationship develops over the course of this vacation for her.
1: Right. They show them having sex on the beach, having a picnic on the beach. They show them eating at various French places, laughing. I think they show them drinking coffee at one point. Basically, all you need to know that, like, this relationship is built on a foundation of trust and understanding and common interests. Oh, wait. You don't get any of that. You just see them flirting in a couple scenes.
0: Yeah. And you get lie number seven. He doesn't tell her the truth while she's awake. Right. Counting that as a lie. Okay. I love how. So they go back to the United States. He goes with them. Ashton Kutcher or Spence and Mr. Cornfeld get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Do some shooting as men do. And.
1: <gasps> I forgot. My favorite scene, my favorite line in this movie. What? We got to go back to when they were in Nice. They're in Nice, and, and Jen is getting ready for her date with Spencer. And she is lying to her parents on the phone about how she's sick. And her mom goes, Well, at least you'll look good in a bathing suit. Because she it's implied that she's thrown up a lot and that she's fat. And I said, dang
0: her mom is the queen of backhanded compliments
1: yes because rude
0: she when they're back in in the country she talks about how genuinely handsome he is or genuinely attractive
1: spencer is
0: yeah and i'm like man her parents are like low-key backhanders
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then we jump three years in the future
1: And then all of a sudden it's three years in the future and they're married and living in the suburbs because all Spencer wants is a normal life
0: with normal things. That's all he talked about on their first date was how he wanted to live in the suburbs and live a normal life and get to know his neighbors.
1: And Jen was all about that because she was like... I don't like spontaneous things. And and
0: now I can continue to live five minutes from mommy and daddy for the rest oh, of my life. Gosh,
1: yeah, that was that, that gave was me
0: anxiety. Yeah, that's about not healthy. That. Not healthy. Um, Spencer, during this time, looks like someone who is pretending to know how to live in the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, he looks very out of place. Very uncomfortable. No, he looks very comfortable, but also very out of place.
1: He's like a construction agency he's owner. Like,
0: he works for a, some kind of firm. He's not a construction worker, but no, he's but the he guy like, with the blueprints. Right. And she works for Norton, but they don't say that in the movie, but you can see the logo in the background. <laughs> so, product placement. And Miralax and uh, Norton. She. It's his birthday. She buys some tickets to go back to Nice, where it all started. Right they he's like I don't want to go back you got to make your peach cobbler at the end of the month and she's like yes I do and or he says that she does and she says that she doesn't because she makes crappy peach cobbler it's very picturesque right I thought that the software she was pitching was going to save the day for some reason I didn't really know where this movie was going
1: it didn't know where it was going
0: That's probably an accurate way to look at this movie. Because a lot of things just happen Mm -hmm. without any warning.
1: So we have like this almost like a montage of like them living the perfect suburb life. But a little bit more elaborated montage where we see her going to work. And she's like some big exec person at this software company. And they want her to go to San Francisco and give a speech on this product that she's introducing and he is like i don't know some head honcho at a construction agency place and he's like telling people what to do and being the boss and we see him banter with one of his employees about sexual harassment stuff that was not funny but apparently in 2010 it was appropriate to joke about these things
0: i don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not i think we were just supposed to assume that his coworker was a huge pervert.
1: Yeah, but then like I don't know. It was just uncomfortable. I don't think we should joke about stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh he is in his office mm-hmm. and he gets a package from this unnamed delivery service and it's a book. Oh, we should have talked about the book at the beginning of the movie. Uh so he when he It's a travel book. Yeah, it's like a travel guide for France. Right. And I guess that's, like, how he gets his orders. hmm And inside is a postcard that says, Come see me, H. Hugs and kisses. hmm So he does all this deciphering in this book to figure out this message, gives him a call, finds out that his old boss was in town, didn't realize that this hotel was in town until he showed up there later. Maybe I'm just an idiot. But he, uh, he calls him up and... His boss is like, I got a job for you. And he's like, I'm out. You can't do it. And then who shows up? Mr. Kornfeld.
1: And he sees this postcard that was in the book that just says XOXOH, come see me. He's like, "Oh, you got a little side hussy going on? And he's like, nah. And then he's like, okay, let's go get dinner. I... I know why now, but mm. yeah,
0: it was just kind of like a, if you thought that there was something going on with your son-in-law, you should probably just murder him on the spot. Yeah. For breaking your daughter's heart. Right. He they go off driving and you realize that Mr. Kornfeld is probably impossible impl- to please as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to Spencer and Jen's house. All the lights are out.
1: And he's like, why you leave the lights out? My daughter lives here. That's not safe. You shouldn't be coming home to a house that has its lights off. And he's like, I know you're right. That's weird. So Spencer starts kind of freaking out. He's like, "Oop! somebody's in here about murdered Jen or something.
0: Yeah. And he tries to sneak in and he's got a gun with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a surprise party. Surprise party. Hooray. And there's lots of camaraderie and hanging out.
1: And drinking. And drinking
0: and cakes and.
1: Oh, and then, okay. So before the surprise party, we have, this is important. We have a scene with Jen and her two best friends Mm. at -hmm. work. And she's like, so how does Spencer react about going back to um, France for his birthday? And she's like, oh, he doesn't want to go. You know, Spence, he's like a homebody and he doesn't want to like do anything or go anywhere. And they're like. The one girl is like, Your marriage is in trouble. Like soon you're gonna be wearing your fat jeans every day. And spanks. And and spanks. Like, um I don't know why. Who wears two... spanks and fat jeans? It's one or the Nobody. other. Nobody. Nobody.
0: You wear the spanks to fit out of your fat pants.
1: Right. So she's like, Your marriage is in trouble, blah 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 and so then Jen starts freaking out, Oh my gosh, maybe our marriage is in trouble and then she's like that's when she calls her parents and she has to go out of town to San Francisco for Spence's birthday. I thought
0: she called him before because we were supposed to assume that they were going out to dinner.
1: Yeah, she may have called him before. But, like, regardless, she, she calls them to say, like, hey, I got to go out of town for this um, conference for work. Can you keep an eye on Spencer? That's literally what she says, like, imp- for some reason, like, implying that she doesn't trust him.
0: Why would she, she doesn't trust anybody, I don't think.
1: She trusts her mom and dad. Only. Pretty much.
0: Trust her mom to drink all the time. At the party, there is somebody pouring shots. Yeah. And they didn't fill those shots all the way. So I counted those each as a lie. So it's like <laughs> 12 lies in this movie so far. Okay. Uh, for false shots.
1: For false shots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, then so like the party ends. I guess nothing exciting. They send a guy home drunk. They ask him, "Are you okay?" And you hear him crash into something. And they're like, "Nice." And then no,
1: no. Jen's like, "Maybe he should walk home." And Spencer's like, "Man, he's fine." (laughs) Like, okay. All right. So then one of their friends stays the night on the couch.
0: Henry the pervert who works at uh, at Spencer's office. Mm Hmm. He has some somehow he has his pants off. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yep. She thinks that he's acting weird. Yes. And obviously he's acting weird because yes. his boss tried to contact him. Right. And he's like, I got out of this nonsense. Right. Um they wake she, up the next well, morning. Well
1: well, she tries to have sex with him because her friend said, Oh, your marriage aren't your marriage is in trouble. And then at the party, they have this conversation where she's freaking out about their marriage being in trouble still. And the same girl who says, oh, it is in trouble, said, are you guys having sex? And she's like, yeah, all the time. And she's like, then your marriage is fine. So as she's packing to get ready to go to San Francisco, she tries to have sex with him. And he's like, "Now nah, you got an early flight. You need to pack. And then they're laying in bed and he's like asleep and she's like staring at him in his sleep.
0: Which was, I think it was supposed to be funny, but it was terrifying.
1: <laughs> it was like one of those, Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home.
0: Yeah. Like, it was sh- like that her
1: mind reading.
0: Yeah. It's like that meme that you see where the woman is thinking, I wonder if he's thinking about another woman. And he's, his thought process is like, how do I get out of this? Like, how do I avoid my other boss? Or, like, how do I protect my wife or
1: something like that? So then they wake up, and she gets ready to go to her conference thing and tries to give him a kiss goodbye, and he's like, oh, we don't want the neighbors to get jealous. Get in the car and go, please. And she's, like, wigged out by his uh,
0: attitude. And, like, our, I feel like we need, like, a mantra or, like, a motto or something for this. Okay. Uh. Because communication would solve so many problems in these movies.
1: So many problems. And
0: this movie is more than being about a man and a wife who the man has a secret past. Is really about the importance of communication mm-hmm. throughout a marriage and not replacing that with things like suburban living and sex. Yes. But we'll get there. So Henry tries to kill... Spencer.
1: Henry is the guy that works at Spencer's
0: that's construction a
1: office. Yes, that's a pervert.
0: And uh, played by Rob Riggle, who he's a funny guy.
1: Yeah, he, he was good in this.
0: Yeah. And so they fight for a little bit. And I think it's supposed to be kind of like surprising, but it's not. Uh, they fight for a little bit. And who comes home in the middle of it because she feels guilty leaving? Jen. Jen. She's freaking out because their house is trashed. Not just from the party that they didn't clean up, but because now they're crashing into things like banisters and windows and whole manner of things. Yeah. Spencer tells her to grab a gun from his nightstand and then tells her to shoot Henry. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At which she does.
1: That was a lot of trust there.
0: Yeah. Uh, very scary because yeah. she closed her eyes when she pulled that trigger. Yeah. And Spencer has him in like a chokehold right. on the ground. A lot of trust there. Yeah. Uh she hits Henry, I guess in like the leg or something. The arm. The arm. And uh Spencer didn't realize that she was gonna do it. Then why would he tell her to? That was so stupid. He said it was a diversion.
1: No, he literally was holding him there like, shoot him, shoot him. That's not a a diversion from what?
0: Yeah, I don't know. He really didn't think that went through.
1: No, neither one of them did.
0: Um, So they tie up Spencer, or Spencer and Jen tie up Henry. Yes. And she's talking about how she's going to throw up. Mm -hmm. I said, "Uh uh-oh, the clock is ticking. We're going to see some throw up soon. (laughs) Because, well, like, as soon as she mentioned that in the beginning, I was like, oh, we're going to see her throw up before the end of this movie. Yeah. But then she reminded me in the scene that she was going to throw up. And mm-hmm. I thought, bring it on.
1: Yeah. You want to see that throw up?
0: I mean, I didn't really <laughs> want to, but I needed something to root for in this movie, <laughs> apart from this fictional marriage that was very dysfunctional. Yes. Um, they go on the run. Henry gets out. Chases after them. There's this fairly, I want to say, like, elaborate, or what's the opposite of elaborate? Like, dull? Boring. There's this pretty generic, generic car chase. Yeah. Through their suburb. And this whole, like, I know that suburbs look like cookie cutter, mm-hmm. but this suburb looked like it was manufactured on the back lot of some studio.
1: It, it definitely
0: was, like, for sure. The whole thing was staged. Yeah. And it would not have surprised me if a twist in this movie was that they were the only real couple living in this suburb and that it was someplace like, to keep an eye on him as an assassin.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Which isn't too far off from the truth. Right. Um, they go to the construction site. Henry and Spencer drive around each other and kind of fight. Yeah. Jen's with Spencer in the truck at this point. And Spence hits Henry's car over this ledge Mm -hmm. and he falls to death on some rebar. Yeah. Which is a really horrible death. Like, you think in a movie like this, oh, he'll just get shot or he'll get into an accident or there'll be something fairly nonviolent. But, nope, he gets stabbed by...
1: But they don't show it. They don't show
0: it. But you look at that and you think... Like, you think of the implications and you realize...
1: You would have thought that car would have blown up, though.
0: Caitlin, this, is, this isn't this is a movie. This is real life.
1: Yeah, you would have thought it would have blown. up. Cars don't it-
0: blow up like that in real life.
1: If it hits the gas tank, it won't?
0: I mean, I think it requires a lot of force to do it. Wow. They did that on Mythbusters, where they proved that shooting the oh. gas tank couldn't blow up a car or something like that. That's
1: cool. Didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Um, what happens next?
1: So then... What what happens next? So then they're like, what are we doing? I think he says we have to go to the construct... No. I know they go oh, to Kmart they, next.
0: Yes, they but go to I don't to Kmart remember why. Because...
1: She was hungry? Or, I know she thinks she might be pregnant and she needs to get a pregnancy test, but like, I don't know why she needed to do it right then and there, for one.
0: Did they go back to the house? No, that's later. Something happens... that requires them to go to Walmart Kmart Kmart to get pregnancy tests yeah there's a scene there's a cameo from Usher Mm -hmm. as Kevin the Kmart employee she throws up in the Kmart or does she throw up before the Kmart I don't
1: remember I literally don't remember okay this is where it starts getting
0: muddled here are three things that happened she throws up. They go to Kmart and buy a pregnancy test because she thinks that she's pregnant. Which,
1: like, she thinks that she's pregnant, like, at the worst time. Like, lady, you thought this today of all days. And then all of a sudden, just because she thinks she's pregnant, she's she like, I'm starving. She is kind of uptight
0: enough to decide that in the midst of all this, they should talk about her pregnancy Because it's not about her.
1: It needs to always be about her. Yeah. So she's pretending like she's hungry because I'm sorry, if you just found out you're pregnant, you're not starving instantly. Oh, I think I may be pregnant. I'm probably less than a week pregnant, but well, so I just need food. she up a
0: ton. you ever get hungry whenever you, after you throw no, up? No,
1: I do not want to eat after that.
0: Like, no, not like immediately after, but like shortly so after. Several hours
1: later, maybe. Okay,
0: well, we're not on <laughs> different pages on this one. So they go back to his construction office for her to take the pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. And we realize that they have a relationship in which they're okay paying in front of each other.
1: No, they're not.
0: She struggles oh, with it, she but tr- she doesn't uh, protest to him being a And in she's there at like, first. she
1: only struggles because it's like a big deal. Like, she's he's more watching.
0: pressure. Yeah. Like,
1: it's more pressure because she's taking pregnancy tests this oh. time.
0: Oh. But the reason they go to the construction office is because they want to check Henry's computer.
1: That's right.
0: And they find pictures from them. And he says, Hey, babe, your dad took this picture. And she goes, I don't like what you're saying. I'm going to go take a pregnancy test.
1: Yeah. So she takes this pregnancy test. Turns out she's pregnant.
0: But while she's taking the pregnancy test, the girl that he told to work on Saturday is in the office. He's surprised by that. She turns out to also be an assassin.
1: Tries to kill him by strangling him with a laptop uh, cord charger thing.
0: Yes. How does the chandelier fall? So,
1: um, she, remember, oh, he shoots it. Oh, he's got the gun, yeah. and he shoots it. Because she comes in, Um, Jen comes in, sees this girl trying to kill her husband. The girl has a cord wrapped around Spence's neck.
0: Jen has the gun, Jen tries has to the shoot, gun. but it's empty.
1: right. No, she doesn't know how to shoot it. Remember, she shoots it, and she's like, I don't know how this thing well, works. Well, she
0: she she shoots it, but it clicks. And so oh. she said, I don't know if it's empty or if she's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It was stupid. Bottom line, office girl gets stabbed by the chandelier of deer horns. Mm-hmm. Deer horns, deer antlers.
1: And she's like swinging from it.
0: And that one they did show. Yeah. And that was horrifying.
1: That was fine. And then... <laughs> And then they steal. Okay. No, then she, Jen gets all moody with Spencer and is like, because um, Spencer said first, like, we need to go get more bullets or something like that. And Jen goes, really? That before the results of the pregnancy test? Oh, I'm sorry, Jen. Not everything is about you. Spencer's trying to save your guys' life, but it's fine. Let's make it about you. So then she's like, just so you know i am pregnant or something like that and well, then because
0: he sees the pregnancy test yeah. and he doesn't know how to read it even though it has instructions yeah, it's very on clear the stick that it's tells very you how clear. it works right
1: like it's two lines you're pregnant one line you're not pregnant like you can see it from the tv screen like yeah. it's very clear as day so he's like what does it mean what does it mean and she's like He says, like, am I going to be a dad? And she goes, well, I'm going to be a mom, but I don't know if you're going to be a dad. Um, Let me tell you how pregnancy works. It takes a woman's egg and a man's sperm to make a baby. Guess what? If the man gave you his sperm, he your baby daddy. Don't matter if you want him to be or not. He your baby daddy. Like, that's just how it works, okay? So... (laughs)
0: And that segment was called <laughs> Caitlyn Explains Pregnancy.
1: Well, because she acts like she gets a, a choice to say whether he gets to be the dad or not. Like, it's his sperm. He's the dad.
0: I really hope that over you yelling, our audience can hear the thunder in the background. <laughs> At this point, I'm just plowing through this. Okay. Let's uh, take a quick sidebar real quick. Okay. So the movie opens up, and we find that Jen is a fairly uh, rules-based individual. And she's a very cautious individual. But she also seems to be fairly logical, despite going on a date with a stranger in a foreign country. Right? Yeah. So in the midst of all of this, in which he's trying to say, hey, I'm sorry I lied to you. This is something in my past. I'm trying to protect you now that it's come up. She is very unreasonable, if you ask me.
1: Well, she's pregnant. She is not in control of her emotions.
0: Do you think they included the pregnancy subplot as a way to try and explain why she's being unreasonable?
1: If they did, it was very poor on their part because you don't get that way after just getting pregnant.
0: Like, okay, the whole thing, I definitely understand her wanting to go to her parents. That part makes sense. Yeah, because like, she's oh. a, a baby. Yeah, and she says, Hey, we should go tell mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like it's shocking. She it's she's surprised by it. She wants to go back to what's comfortable mm-hmm. and like what she's familiar with. Mm-hmm. But she But like throughout all of this, when he shows her, hey, I'm protecting you, she just does not care Mm -mm. she also doesn't care that these people are trying to kill her husband
1: no she was like so uncaring about that she leaves him at the construction site and goes i think she was going to see her parents or something yeah but she leaves him at the construction site without a car without a gun and it's basically like peace i got this baby to take care of now so i don't need you no more And she goes to see her parents. As she's going to see her parents, she sees um, the pervert's wife.
0: No, it's not his wife. It's just some floozy from the the neighborhood.
1: Are you sure that's not his wife?
0: Yeah. Because he said that he he made comments about wanting to hook up with her. Oh. During the... Whenever we're introduced to him being a pervert.
1: Well, so anyway... um, no, it is his wife because he tells that girl who has to work on Saturday, hey, go help my wife pick out some tile that we can have sex on the floor with and it won't get wet or slippery or something.
0: No, he just says, go help so-and-so with really? it. He doesn't say my wife. Oh. Yeah, because okay. he wants to hook up with her. And Ash uh, Spencer says something, <laughs> of, uh, says something along the lines of, says something along the lines of, you're not going to have that difficult of a time because she's a slut or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Jen sees um, uh, Lisa Ann Walter. Olivia is her name.
0: Yeah, Olivia Brooks. We don't ever find out Henry's last name.
1: Yeah, no, but I was just trying to figure out who um, Jen saw. So Jen saw Olivia driving to the construction site. And Olivia is there trying to kill um, Spencer. So she goes... Um, so Oh, so, no, no, no. Before Olivia gets to the construction site, there's a guy delivering a package for Spencer. And he goes to give Spencer the package and then, like, pulls a gun out on him. And Spencer, like, starts shooting him or something like that. And then the guy ends up getting out of the truck, and Olivia ran... Runs over him in her Mustang killing him.
0: Yeah. And you think for like a tiny second, oh she's on the same page. Right. Oh, we should mention this. When Henry's fighting Mm -hmm. him we find out that there's a $20,000 bounty on Spencer. Yes. Um, And then Jen comes back and hits Olivia's car. It doesn't matter. And then
1: it explodes.
0: Yeah, and then it explodes. And you think, wow, that's another horrifying death.
1: Yes. And then Jen and Spencer are back together and they steal another car together. And then they're like, hey, we should go home.
0: Because he has a go go bag. bag. Yeah. But the car runs out of gas. Right. Which is. He is reasonably upset about that. Yeah. Because. For logical reasons, you should know that the car's about to turn
1: Well, I agree, but also, like, she is under a lot of stress. Like, I don't like her, and I don't typically take girls' sides and things, but, like, she is under a lot of stress. Like, that would not be my first inst- instinct to check the gaslight.
0: Yeah. So, throughout all of this, this is when they're, like, every problem that's been building up over the past three years of their marriage has been is, like, coming up, and so Mm -hmm. they're fighting. They're getting a lot of good things out to to talk about. Uh, The car dies. They have to go.
1: They have to walk home.
0: Yeah. And they get home. They're getting the thing.
1: Well, they notice that there's a block party.
0: Well, they knew about the block party, but they forgot that it was at the time for the block party.
1: Right.
0: And then there's a person in an eagle costume that they focus on, for quite a bit. And I thought that was going to be another assassin, but it was not.
1: And they run into Jen's friend who told her that her marriage was over. And she tries to go say hi to her. And Spencer's like, no. And, and Jen's like, what? She's not packing heat. And he's like, you don't know. So you'd be
0: surprised where people hide those things.
1: Right. Oh, we missed the scene from the hotel.
0: Yeah. I was just going to gloss over that. Uh, they go to the hotel where his boss is, and he 's dead
1: and that 's why they go to the construction site because the flash drive thing yes, because they wanted
0: to figure out what the thingy thing was yeah um i wonder uh, I wanted to know what are the odds that every single neighbor that they've had over the past three years has been an assassin because it seemed very coincidental it did it is explained, but still kind of odd um There's this couple in the movie who's all decked out in tactical gear who goes into their house and tries to, uh, you know, get them out or take them
1: out. Right, kills Spencer.
0: Yeah, while they're getting guns in the go bag. And then who shows up? Her friend holding a gun. Jen's friend
1: to Jen's mom.
0: Yes, and we should note that her friend is Kristen, played by Casey Wilson, who is very funny.
1: So, um, Casey Wilson comes in, and she is holding a gun to Jen's mom's head, and she's like, both of you get in the living room, I'm going to kill Spencer and get this money, and who walks through the door, but Jen's dad, who also has a gun, and pops Katherine, not Katherine, Kristen, Kristen, in the head, with a bullet.
0: And just she to wrap dead. all this up, find out that her dad was behind everything, it's turn, like activating the assassins. He and planted
1: sleepers in Spencer's life
0: to keep an eye on him because he knew who he was.
1: He knew who he was um, because he says, oh, when we were at the hotel in France, I was supposed to get on that helicopter and you were supposed to kill me. Um, But once I saw you at the hotel, I didn't get on it. So he knew who Spencer was from the very beginning. Then when he saw the note card in Spencer's office, he realized or thought Spencer was back in on the game.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing that's very confusing to me. Who is her dad working for? Does she say like the NSA
1: or something like that?
0: Yeah. But he says, I work for the blank, blank, blank. And I have a license license to to blank." blank. Right. So
1: He just works for the CIA. That was in the title sequence in the very beginning.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So.
1: It said, like, CIA headquarters, blah, 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 blah. And then it gives him his mission thing. Oh. Yeah. They're both on the same team, but it's very blurry as to, like, who kills who and why.
0: Yeah. Because he says he... Okay. So he... Her dad says, I... When so-and-so went rogue because he stole a bunch of information, and so we thought you went rogue too, which yeah. is why he activated the things. But why did why did Spencer try to kill him in the beginning if I don't they know. were on the same team at that point in time? I
1: don't was know. Was that when
0: his boss had gone rogue?
1: That might have been when his boss went rogue.
0: That was not very clear. It
1: was not clear. It was very muddled.
0: So then Spencer and Jen have their baby. Whoa, no, no,
1: hold on. No, hold on. Because I like the scene. Like, Catherine Hagel does something funny. I think it was her, right? Um, The mom. So Jen. That's
0: Catherine O'Hara.
1: Catherine O'Hara. So Jen's like, hey, mom, dad's a spy? And the look. That Catherine O'Hare is is so funny. This is the only time I genuinely laughed in the movie. She's sitting there drinking wine out of a coffee cup, and she just shrugs her shoulders like, I don't know what's going on. And I, like, related to her in that moment. Like, none of this is clear. I don't know what's going on either. I'm just glad this movie's over. Yeah. So, flash forward, they have their baby, and uh, Jen says, no more guns, no more fighting, dad and husband, And then they go out on a date night and Spencer has lasers all over the baby's room protecting him, I think. But I also feel like it's dangerous to keep a baby that close to lasers. But what do I know? I'm not a parent.
0: You're also not a spy.
1: (laughs) I'm also not a spy that you know of.
0: Uh, So there we go. That's the movie.
1: That's the movie killers. And if you want to watch a really good movie, you should watch Always Be My Maybe because that movie's really good. And I genuinely enjoyed it.
0: And that was a segment called Bad Movie, Good Movie. <laughs> That's right. Um, the budget for this movie was $75 million. Caitlin, would you like to guess what the domestic and worldwide budgets were for this movie? Or, like, what they made?
1: $50 million?
0: Uh, Close to the gro- the domestic. Really? Yeah, it was $47 million was the domestic.
1: Okay. And worldwide, I'm going to go with... 63
0: it was 98 what? so it pretty much made its what? budget back how um, did it make so much money people like Ashton Kutcher and that's I true. guess I think Katherine Heigl has some star power too maybe Catherine O'Hara and Tom Selleck I don't know um I'm gonna try to finish this up though because it's raining and we're on a roll and I hope that that's not annoying to the recording okay You look disappointed.
1: Oh, Oh
0: boy. Oh, the lights just started going (laughs) off and on.
1: It's about to get real up in her.
0: It's about to get so real. Thankfully, I'm running off of laptop power.
1: Not electricity.
0: Well, that is electricity. (laughs) (laughs) But we can keep podcasting.
1: Keep podcasting.
0: Okay. So, um, Caitlin, how would you improve this movie?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I don't have any other interesting facts. We talked There's about this There's no in the other
1: beginning. interesting facts because no. nothing interesting happened.
0: Yeah. Nobody had anything interesting about this movie. So, go into our segment. How would Caitlin improve this
1: oh movie? Oh gosh, I don't know. How can you improve such a horrible movie? I mean, first of all, let's get rid of the girl who plays Jen. Annoying. Annoying, annoying, annoying. Let's. Liz- Make her Emma Stone, okay?
0: Emma Stone from Ghosts of Girlfriends Past.
1: Emma Stone from Ghost of Girlfriends Past and Ryan Gosling instead of Ashton Kutcher.
0: That would actually be a 100% more believable movie. I'm going to toss my two cents into this real quick. Okay. Keep going. We also need the stunt coordinator from John Wick.
1: Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, if you still want it to be a spy movie. Yeah. But I think it would be better had we found out that, that Spencer was a spy at the beginning. Like, when he told her she didn't fall asleep. She actually heard that. But they decide to be spies together and go on missions and stuff. That would be a better movie.
0: Sure. I think, what? well, what if he he did tell her, and she said, hey, thanks for being honest, and he's like, but I'm going to get out, and she's like, okay.
1: Yeah, but that's a boring movie. No, because I want then them to we be could still have together. him,
0: we could still have the, the people show up in the end yeah. to kill him, Yeah. and she says, I thought you said you were out, and he's like, I am out. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that would be fine, too, but it'd be cool to see them go on missions together. And then it turns out her mom is also a spy, and her mom and dad oh are spy gosh. duos.
0: No, no, no. Her mom is a spy, but she works for, she's evil. That could be believable. But the dad is a good guy. Yeah. So then we have like a little triad of people who are spies who are all on different teams.
1: Yeah. I like that. I think that could be a good movie. I think that could be good. Yeah.
0: And who is his boss? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. (laughs) No, Tom Hardy plays the boss and the baby.
1: (laughs) baby. (laughs) Oh, that would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Right? Yeah.
0: That's all I got. All right. Um... I don't know about you, but out of all of the movies that we've watched so far, I have the most faith in Jen and Spence working out.
1: Yeah, I think especially now that all this truth stuff is out in the open. Yeah, they're and gonna they have to make a it. They
0: the little powwow circle. Yeah, he opens up to a, her about his native language.
1: Yeah, that was stupid.
0: And he <laughs> tells her about how he d- wanted to tell her "I love you" first.
1: Right. Oh, well, that was cute. That
0: was cute. But lame yeah and I found them to be a pretty believable couple yeah despite not really liking either of them mm-hmm. as actors yeah they let's let's focus on what they do right they communicate with each other
1: eventually
0: eventually they work through their problems in a constructive way that's true and instead of looking to her parents for solutions they turn inward towards each other mhm and solve all of their problems
1: yeah that's what the movie did right yeah. yeah.
0: This is like the first movie we've watched where they did something right with Agreed. a relationship.
1: Agreed. Good job, killers.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I forgot to say this at the beginning, but this movie was directed by the same uh, director who did Legally Blonde, which I thought was kind of interesting, seeing as we talked about that a couple weeks ago. That is interesting. The uh, The writers, I don't recognize anything that they've done. Bob DeRosa did The Air I Breathe and 20 Seconds to Live, and Ted Griffin did the Ocean's Eleven remake and Tower Heist. Okay. Um, and where are they now? Ashton Kutcher was on that show The Ranch. Yeah. And he has a movie coming out called The Long Home. Katherine Heigl was in Suits, The Nut Job, and The Nut Job 2. She has a new pilot for a show coming out called Our House, and she has a horror movie, A not a horror movie, a thriller, excuse me, <laughs> called I Saw a Man with Yellow Eyes, which actually sounds pretty interesting. Okay. Tom Selleck is on Blue Bloods. Gonna be honest, I did not realize he was still alive. Ooh. Kind of awkward. I mean, he's not that old. He's not but, that old. And he didn't look that old in this, but no. for some reason I thought he was just kind of in that group of muscular men that was not living anymore. Bobby.
1: Unforgivable.
0: And Catherine Heigl, Catherine, Catherine O'Hara was recently in a series of unfortunate events, Schitt's Creek, and a show coming out called The Last Kids on Earth. Nice. Do you have anything that you would like to uh, add or throw out there before we look at our ranking list?
1: No. Don't watch this movie.
0: There was that one funny line. Uh She when they're hanging up the 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 deer chandelier and the the girl in the office says that they're making a statement and he (laughs) Spencer says, what's our statement that we love ugly crap hanging from the ceiling? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I genuinely laughed out. Actually, there were a couple parts where I laughed out loud.
1: There were more than I laughed.
0: Yeah, that's true. So where would you put this on our ranking list?
1: Mm, I think I would put this movie after when in Rome and before Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass. Oh my gosh.
0: Get out of my head.
1: Right? Dream team.
0: Dream team. All right. So this is going to take the number 11 spot on our definitive ranking list. And you can see that hopefully on Instagram this week as long as I remember to post that picture. Yes. Kaylin, do you have anything that you want to add to toss this or toss this uh, to finish this up?
1: No, go watch Definitely Be My Maybe. I mean, Ooh, that's I tricky. think that's what it's called. Yeah, definitely. Always, Always be, be My Maybe. Always Be My Maybe.
0: Definitely Maybe is a different movie.
1: Different movie. Always Be My Maybe. Very funny. I laughed a lot. Cried some. It's good, good, good.
0: It is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I apologize for the rain. I can't control that. But we were on a roll, and I didn't want to stop recording. Also, sorry for the thunder.
1: Thunder. Because
0: we're about to get some rain. Hopefully it cools Okay. All right. And I don't know what we're doing next week. Um, It'll be a surprise. Yeah, I have some ideas. We'll talk about it. Uh, as always, oh, you can find this movie on Hulu right now in case you feel like watching it, if you didn't watch it beforehand. Uh, and as always, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Journey Into Film. Go check out the website, ajourneyintofilm.com, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice, or even on Spotify. That's all I got.
1: Bye!